All right, Jabosai. Good morning. Let's uh, let's begin. All right, let's begin. So we left off. We left off uh, last line of pay base on the base. So if you remember again in the Gemara yesterday, the Gemara told the story about an ubra, a pregnant woman who had smelled food on Yom Kippur, and the they came before they came before Rebbe, and they asked Rebbe what they should do, and Rebbe said to her, whisper that it's Yom Kippur. So the Gemara said that at that point in time, the baby settled down, and Rebbe said essentially that that's a sign that this child is going to grow up to be a great tzaddik, and sure enough, it turned out to be that the baby was Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara tells another story. Hahu Ubra, last line, the Archa, who smelled food on Yom Kippur, they came before Rabbi Hanina. Amr Luhu, Rabbi Hanina said to them, whisper in her ear that it's Yom Kippur. But interestingly enough, when he whispered in her ear, it did not cause it did not cause the child to settle down. Rashi says, The child didn't settle down. Kari Alei, to this Rabbi Yochanan said, Tap of Pegimel, Zoru Rishoim Meirechem. Literally, the wicked become estranged already from the womb. So apparently, apparently, Rabbi Hanina felt, Rabbi Hanina felt that the fact that the child did not settle down after being told that it was Yom Kippur was indicative of the fact that perhaps this child was not going to do good things in the future. And therefore, he called about in this pasuk, the wicked become estranged from the, from the, from the womb. Rashi says, Na'asu Zorim, they became estranged already to Akadosh Baruch Hu from the womb. And sure enough, the Gemara says, Nothak minei shabsi osir peri. Sure enough, who came? What well, this baby was actually shabsi, the hoarder of produce. Now, what does it mean shabsi, the hoarder of produce? Look at Rashi for just a moment. Otsar peri. Rashi says, now what, what did this man do? It's an interesting practice. He says, sha'arim. He used to hoard produce in order to go ahead and drive up the price. And then, of course, once the price was artificially inflated, he was able to dump all of his produce on the market. There's a halacha against hoarding. So halacha against hoarding in a way that artificially drives up prices that makes things more difficult for the common man. So it turned out that this child that would not settle down, this fetus that would not settle down for Yom Kippur ultimately became Shabsai, the Otsar Peri. Says the Gimaran, Chola ma'achilin osapi bikin. So if you remember again what the Mishnah said, if someone is ill, we feed them on, the, on Yom Kippur on the advice of experts. So the Gimaran says, Amr Abiyanai, Chola, um, another couple of very interesting cases. Rabbi said the following, Chola Omer Tsarich, Let's say again, the chola, the person who's ill, says, I need to eat. Virofe omer, and But the doctor, let's say we have a doctor there, and the doctor says, no, he's fine, he can make it through the fast without eating. What's the halacha? Shomin lechola. We listen to the person. We listen to the ill person. Why? My taimo. Leiv yodea maras nafsho. I will say a very profound statement. Literally, a soul or I should say a heart, knows the bitterness of its soul. Also, which is another way of saying what? No one knows you like you. So the doctor could be the most wonderful physician. At the end of the day, he doesn't know the patient like the patient knows the patient. So the Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious. So meaning, what's, what's the Chiddush over here? Maudetim, what would I have thought? Rofei kim 
I might have thought that the doctor knows more. See, even when the patient says that Lamaisa, he knows that he needs to eat. But this is the guy, this guy went to school, spent all this money, all this training. He knows what he's talking about. Kamash yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're not even disputing that he knows what he's talking about. Doctor knows what he's talking about. But at the end of the day, no one knows the patient like the patient. Rofe Omer Tzarech, V'chola Omer, Ein you should know this is the case that comes up more often on Yom Kippur. So what happens? The doctor says, you need to eat, you need to eat. And the patient says, no, I don't. I'm, I'm fine, I, I can make it. So the halacha is, Shobun Rofe. we listen to the doctor. My time, why is that? You know, Gerovos, so it's interesting over here, as we just said, we just said before that a person knows themselves best. I can listen to the doctor over here. My time, Tunva hu dinokitle. We're concerned that a tunva, look at Rashi, tunva, shtus. We're concerned that he's like a little delirious. The patient maybe is not of sound mind, therefore he's not making good decisions. Which you see, what halacha is essentially doing is trying to go ahead and protect the interests of the individual. So if the individual says he needs to eat and the doctor says he doesn't need to eat, then Lamaisa, we're going to let him eat. If the, if the patient says, I don't need to eat, the doctor says, yes, you do. Again, we're looking out, any time that there's a suffix, any time there's a doubt, we're going to go with the interests of the individual. So we listen to the doctor, if the doctor says he needs to eat, even if the patient says he doesn't. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. So remember, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that if you have a person who's ill, you could feed him on the advice of Bikin. Bikin also means experts, which in this context means doctors. So you could feed him on the advice of doctors. Now, the Gemara understands what the Mishnah seems to be saying is, Now, the inference from that is the only way to ultimately feed the patient is because you have expert testimony that says that he needs to eat, but his own statement that he needs to eat seemingly is not enough to allow him to eat on Yom Kippur, to which the Gemara says, To which the Gemara says, Oh no, what does the Mishnah come to teach us? The Mishnah is coming to teach us that in order for the patient to eat, there has to be two doctors, but one doctor is not enough. Sigmar says, What case are you talking about over here? The case over here is where the patient says, the individual says, I don't need to eat. I don't need to eat. And therefore, what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says, in order to force him to eat on Yom Kippur, what do you need? You need a testimony of two doctors, meaning that if it's, just one doctor, then essentially what you have is you have one doctor against one patient, one versus one. That's not compelling enough to order him to eat on Yom Kippur. But if you have two doctors that say he needs to eat, then the mice again, that's compelling enough to force him. Look at Rashi. So the case again is where the patient says, I don't need to eat. The doctors say he doesn't need to eat. If it's one doctor, it's one against one. But if it's two doctors, it's two against one. And we would compel him to eat. To which the Gemara says, so I don't understand. But why do we need two? Why, look at Rashi. Now we just said above, Rabbi that Lamaisa, if the doctor says the patient needs to eat and the patient says he doesn't need to eat, that we listen to the doctor. Why Tunva? We're concerned maybe he's a uh, shota. Maybe he's, the patient's a little bit uh, not thinking straight. So we saw already before that even if we just one doctor, you could force the patient to eat. So why Lamaisa does the Mishnah seem to say that you need two? Lotzricha. The Ika Achrina Bahade, the Amar Lot Sarich. 
Oh, so I'll say, so listen to this, because what's the case? The case over here is where it's not just the patient. The patient has his own doctor, right? And what does the patient's own doctor say? The patient's own doctor supports his position that he doesn't need to. So you have machlokes harofim, machlokes doctors. So what happens? So one doctor supports the patient's assertion that he doesn't need to eat. And now, you now so in order to get the patient to eat, what do you need? You need two other doctors, because again, if you only have one other doctor saying that he needs to eat, then it's one versus two. If you have at least two doctors on the other side, then lemaisa, again, lemaisa, again, at least there's a strong, at least it's a two versus two. And in the case of suffix like that, we would tell the patient to eat. So the so we'll say, so now back to what the statement of the Mishnah was. So when the Mishnah said that we go ahead and we feed him on the advice of these experts, Pshita, that's obvious. That's obvious because we'll say, again, in this kind of situation, you have a Suffolk Nefashos, and any Suffolk Nefashos, we, we always resolve leniently. In this case, of course, the leniency will be to allow him to eat, to which the Gemara says, Lotzricha, the case over here is where the patient has two other doctors who say that he does not need to eat. So, so on one hand, so the, the non-eating side has three people, the patient himself, the two doctors, and now what is the Mishnah saying? The Mishnah is saying, but if you bring two other doctors that say he does need to eat, we would tell him to eat. So the Gemara says, even though Rabbi said normally when it comes to laws of Eidos, so two is the equivalent of 100. Rabbi said, what does that mean? That if, if a business is adjudicating a case and the two sides bring their, their, their witnesses and one side brings two and one side brings 100, from a halachic perspective, there's no difference between two witnesses and 100 witnesses. So I, maybe you'll say, well, who cares if the chola has two doctors on his side making the no-eating side three people and the eating side two people? Who cares? So the Mar says, no, no, no. Edus. That don't, first of all, this idea of tre kamea only applies in terms of testimony. But when it comes to matters of assessment, you see what I'll say, in this case over here, of whether or not a person should eat on Yom Kippur, this is not a din in edos. This is a din in assessing the patient's condition. However, so when it comes to when it comes to assessments, baser deos as linon. We actually go after numbers. We look at numbers. We look at what is the majority opinion as to how to deal with this particular circumstance. Vahani Furthermore, this is true. Le'inyan umdina dimamona. But even with assessments, when we go after numbers, that's with financial assessments. Aval hacha safek nefashosu. But here I both say we are safek nefashosu. Both say, so therefore what? So therefore, even in a case where what? Where the patient says, I don't need to eat. And he has two doctors that support his position that he doesn't need to eat. But yet, there are, so there are three people on the non-eating side. But there are two other doctors who come along and say that, no, you need to eat. Halacha who do we listen to? We listen to the two who say that you need to eat. Why? Because since it's suffix nefasho, since we are dealing with potentially life-threatening situations, again, we go with we go with the two doctors on the eating side. Okay. The first two said you don't have to eat. Those are the two experts. Why do you need two more? No, they're saying the opposite. They're coming along and saying he does need to eat. The Mishnah's case was ma'achilin osapibikin. We force him to eat by the testimony of, of two expert witnesses. Okay. There are two <coughs> more doctors who are coming and say he needs to eat on Yom Kippur. Right, but the first two say he doesn't need to eat, they're the experts. Everybody's experts. Have you ever met a doctor who's not an expert? 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. That, that was that was that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> because they came. But it's my clothes. Everybody's there. The guy. The guy falls down in shul. The guy falls down in shul. So four doctors show up. Right, four, four doctors, seven lawyers, everybody's there, right? So, so, so what happens? So two doctors say he doesn't need to eat. Two more doctors say he does need to eat. So the shaila is, what do you do? So the Mishnah says, we feed him. Even though the patient's now revived and the patient says, I'm okay. So we have three on the no eating side, two on the eating side. The Mishnah says, we feed him. No, but I'm talking about... Right, we're we're going to do this later. We're going to oh. do this later. Okay. How, how many, well, say, well, finish your point, actually. So, if, no, but if you're home and you call two doctors and they say... Oh, so we're gonna see, we're gonna see halacha lemaisa. What? No, 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 no. Of course, you don't have to go shopping for additional opinions. These cases are where the opinions are there. Hamidiktani seifa. Hamidiktani seifa. Ve'im ein sham bikin ma'achilin also piatzmo. I but yeah, what we said at the end of the mishnah that if there are no bikin, if there are no experts there, we feed him based on his own testimony, meaning, uh, testimony is the wrong word, but based on his own, based on his own feelings, this seems to indicate that the first case in the Mishnah is where the patient himself did say that I need to eat. To which the Gemara says, In reality, there was a piece missing, and here's how we have to fill it in. When do we say that you need bikim, that you need, that you need experts? You see, under, when do we say that you, would you ask for additional opinions? That's when the patient is saying, I don't need to eat. Aval Amr Tsarich, but if the patient says, I need to eat, so the Gemara says, Aval Amr Tsarich, Ani, Ain Sham Bikim, I'm sorry, when the patient says, when do we, when do we say that you need Bikim? So the Gemara says, Amr Lo Tsarich, Ani, when he says, I don't need to eat. Aval Amar Tsarich Ani, Ain Sham Bikian Trey, Elachad, the Amar Lo Tsarich, Maachilin Osa Piatsmo. So if the patient ever says that I need to eat, and there are no other, there are no experts there, except for one who says that he does not need to eat, we would go ahead and we would feed him anyway. Or in other words, if the patient says I need to eat, and there's a doctor there that says, no, you would be fine throughout the fast. Even without eating, the mice we would go ahead and listen to the patient. Mar Baravashi Amr. Mar Baravash said the following. They both say, This is Halochal Maisa. Whenever the patient says, I need to eat, So Mar Baravash said, Now this is coming kind of full circle to the way we started this sugya. Anytime that the patient says, I need to eat, even if there are a hundred doctors there who say that he does not need to eat, we listen to the patient. Why? Because literally, the, a heart knows its own suffering. In other words, a person knows their, their disposition and their situation best. That loch is... That if there are no bikiyim there, if there are no doctors, so we feed him there based on his own feelings. So the Gemara says, time with the like a Now the reason the Gemara seems to say that we feed him on his own, based on his own testimony or based on his own admission, is because there are no doctors there. Ha'ika lo. I. But if there were doctors there, perhaps we wouldn't listen to him. But rather, we would ask the doctors what we should do. To which the Gemara says, This is what it means to say. When is this true? When the patient says, "I don't need to eat," that's when we listen to the patient. Aval Excuse me. That's when we listen to the bikian. That's when we listen to the doctors. Aval But if the patient says, "I need to eat," 
Ain sham bikin klal. It means sham. Excuse me. Ava omer tsarachani. Ain sham bikin klal. Maachilin also al pi atzmo. Shene emar lo leiv yodea maras nafsha. So Rabbi say, what comes out from this sugya is really something quite fascinating. What comes out from this sugya is that halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa. Whenever the patient says he needs to eat, halacha lemaisa we give him to eat. Now again, based on our previous sugyas, if we could give him to eat less than the shear, so that's certainly preferable. But if for some reason he says, no, I'm in a dire situation, I need to eat more than the shear, then we would give him to eat more than the shear based simply on his own testimony. Even if there are doctors who say, no, he's fine, he'll make it, nothing's going to happen to him. Still, if he feels labor, the MRS Nafsha, we listen to the patient. In the event that Lemaisa, the patient says, I don't need to eat, I don't need to eat, then Lemaisa and the doctor says, he does need to eat. In that case, Shekhanar Paskins, we listen to the doctor. And one doesn't even need two doctors in order to go ahead and solidify this approach. Even one doctor who makes the claim the patient needs to eat, we listen to that doctor, feed the patient on Yom Kippur. Because we make an attempt, we make it the same way that we don't just bring out the food to the hole immediately. We try to see if the person could calm down. You always take the initial steps to see if we can get by without it. It's only if he's persistent or the doctor is persistent, then we do it. Says the Mishnah, Misha Achsabumus. Somebody about say who, who became sick with bumus. Rashi says, bumus is holy ha'ochus ha'oches machmas ra'avon. So, so apparently bumus is a type of disease that came on as a result of, of extreme hunger. Extreme hunger. So what would happen? Enough kehos, one's eyesight would begin to diminish. V'humusukan lamos. And a person literally, this 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 is a this is a life-threatening situation. He says, Ukishamar iso Fine. So we'll see that later on in the Gemara. So Misha Achzabomus, somebody who was seized by Bomus on Yom Kippur, Ma'achilin We feed him whatever we can, even if there's only if there's only non-kosher food available. Excuse me. We feed him the non-kosher food. Ad Shia Uru Enov. Until when? Until his eyesight is restored. Because remember, Rashi pointed out over here that Lamaisa, part of, part of what happens with Bulbos is your eyesight begins to diminish. That's simply someone who was bitten by a crazy dog. We'll, we'll discuss we'll say what a crazy dog is in the Gemara. So apparently, one of the remedies they used to have for a, for a dog bite of a crazy dog is that they would kill the dog and they would feed the patient from the liver lobe of the dog. And apparently that was supposed to heal, that was supposed to heal the bite. So the Tanakhama says that we don't do that. Rab Masya ben Kharish matter. Masya ben Kharish says we can. And I will say, if you look at Rashi, why not? See whether or not this was considered to be a real remedy or not. Right? Giving giving of the dog's liver lobe was that a real remedy? Satanakama says, even though people do it, it's not a proven remedy. And as such, you can't go ahead and feed someone from the liver of a dog if it's not a proven remedy. Rabbi Masim and Kharsh on the other hand, Rashi says, Rabbi on the other hand, apparently holds that no Lemaisa, it is a proven it is a proven remedy, and therefore you can do it. The old Amramasi ben Kharsh. Furthermore, Amasi ben Kharsh said, Ha Khoshesh Bigrono, if somebody on both sides is having 
Choshesh Begrana literally means throat issues. Now we'll discuss exactly what this means as well, but this also is a type of sakana. Ramasi Matilin He could take medicine on Shabbos. Because anything to do with the throat, and we'll just we will discuss exactly what the nature of this ailment over here. Anything to do with the throat is Safik Nafashos, the Khal Safik Nafashos Docha Asashabis. Similarly, Misha Nafla Allah. If somebody was trapped under rubble on Shabbos, Safek Husham Safek Enoshan. Let's say there's a pile of rubble and there's a Safek if there's a person in there or not. Is there some person in there or not? Safek Chai, Safek Mace. And even if you ask if there's a person in there, there's a Safek if they're alive or a Safek if they're dead. Or Safek Kusi, Safek Yisrael. We're not sure if the person is a Jew, not sure if the person is not a Jew. And the Gemara uses Kusi over here, it uses Kusi in the context of a, of a non Jew. So, what's Talach? So, you have all these Sfekos. So, what should you do with this pile on Shabbos? Mefachin Aloves Hagal. We begin to remove the rubble. Now, say the Gemara will discuss why exactly you would think that you wouldn't remove the rubble. We'll get to the Gemara, but now we say, we remove the rubble, and how much, I will say, this is actually going to be a very important sugya, you're going to see actually we're going to be talking about here, um, one of the most important sugyas in the entire brain versus cardiac death halachic controversy is going to be this Gemara. So we go ahead and we remove the rubble until we get to the person. Now once you get to the person, if you find that he's alive, you remove the rest of the rubble to get him out. However, if you find him and he's already dead, we leave him there. And what does it mean we leave him there? We leave him there until after Shabbos. Meaning, if he's dead already, there is no hazard to continue clearing the rubble. Rather, we leave him there until after Shabbos, and after Shabbos, we'll go and we'll retrieve the body. Says the Gemara, how do we know about say going back to the bulmos? How do we know that if a person how do we know that a person that a person was feeling literally means how do we know that his eyesight was restored? So I'll say obviously I came by what the Gemara was asking, because you could tell if somebody's eyesight was restored. Rather, what the Gemara is asking is how do you know when a person is able to, is recovering from bulmos? A person had bulmos, and how do you know if they're recovering? To which the Gemara says, When they're able to distinguish between that which is good and that which is not, Amra Bayabaya qualifies this and says, Ubetaima. say apparently one of the things that you lose with bulmos is your sense of taste. So when a person when a person regains the sense of taste and they're able to distinguish between good food and bad food, that's indicative of the fact that their bulmos their bulmos is in remission. So the Gemara says the following: If somebody, if somebody was literally bless you, was seized by bulmos. If somebody was seized by bulmos, says interesting case. Let's say somebody seized by bulmos. So again, remember how do you how do you combat bulmos? How do you combat it? You feed it. You feed it, right? You give a person to eat. But also, let's say for argument's sake, all a person has access to is prohibited food items. Prohibited food items. So what's the halacha? So the halacha is we give him, we try to give him the least severe food items. So we try to give him the food items that carry with them the least amount of transgression. So what's this, for example, if you have accessible to you tevel unavela, or both say tevel is untithed produce, nevela is a carcass of animal, these are the two things you have available to you, ma'achidin also nevela, we give him teeth nevela. Nevela is considered to be more kal, more lenient than tevel. Tevel u similarly if you have tevel, shviyas or both say is shmita produce, 
This is Bishmita Polus after Shas Biyar. So the Gemara says, Tevalu Shvius. Shvius, you go and you give him from Shemitah produce. Tevalu Truma. What happens if you only have Tevel and Truma? So Rebel said, Tevel, untied produce, Truma, produce of the coin. And this is assuming that what? That the guy who has Bulmos is not what? Is not a coin. Right? He's not a coin. So what happens if you have Tevel or Truma? What he gives him? Tanahi. The Gemara says, That's a Machlokis Tanoim. Tisanya, Machilin also, Tevel, Vein Machilin also, Truma. So the Tanakama says, We give him teeth Tevel. And not Truma. I will say we'll discuss why this is in just a moment. Ben Tema Omer Ben Tema says Truma velo Tevel. Ben Tema says no. We give him teat Truma and not Tevel. Omer Rabba Rabba says Heicha de Efsha bekul bechulin duchuli amalo pligi demitat demiskaninon lei umistafinon lei. I will say Rabba says everyone agrees, of course. That if there is chulin available, we would go ahead and give him chulin. We'd literally we'd rem- we'd fix the chulin and give it to him. So both like fundamental machlokis now between the Tanakama and Ben Tema. Tanakama says that when you have a choice between Tevel and Truma, we give him Temel, Tevel and not Truma. Ben Tema says, no, we give him Truma and not Tevel. What's the root of this machlokis? So Mor says, keep ligi. When do they argue? Bidalo Efshabchulin. Now both say obviously the machlokis Tanakama and Ben Tema is when there is no chulin available. Mar Savar, one opinion holds. Mar Savar, Tevel Chamor. Tevel Chamor, I will say this is going to be this is going to be the opinion of Bentema. So Bentema says, Tevel is Chamor. Umar Savar, Truma Chamura. And the other opinion, i.e. the Tanakama says, that Truma is Chamor. Why do they each hold their respective positions? Mar Savar, Tevel Chamor. One opinion holds that Tevel is Chamor. Aval Truma Chazila Kaina. Here's the interesting part. Tevel is not fit for anyone. No one is permitted to eat Tevel. Truma, at least, is what? Is fit for the coin. I will say, I, a non-coin, is not permitted to eat it. Okay, but Lemaisa, at least, is in the parsha of consumption. Tevel's not even in the parsha of consumption. Therefore, when faced with a choice, what to give the guy with Bulmos? Give him Truma. Excuse me. Yeah, give him Truma. Umar Savar, the other opinion holds, and I will say, this is, this is the Tanakama. Umar Savar, Mar Savar, Truma Chamura. No, Truma is even more Chamur. Why? Aval Tevel Efshar Litakune. Because I will say, here's the difference. See, Truma can never be rendered fit for common use. But what's interesting is what? But, but Tevel can, even though it's Tevel right now, technically speaking, Tevel can be remedied and made into edible product for the guy with Bomos. Even though I both say you're not doing that now necessarily, the idea is because it can be fixed. So again, it makes it less harder than Truma. We're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss that. So the Gemara says, F sharp so the, it's actually mamish next couple of lines. So Mar says, Ev Shabakulum Shita. And I will say, remember, in the midst of this machlokis between Ben Tema and the Tanakama about what you should go ahead and give the guy who has bulmus. Should you give him Truma? Should you give Tevel? Rabbah comes along and says, Oh, but if you can give him Chulin, that's certainly better. So the Gemara says, Pshita, what, what, what is Rabbah coming to add exactly? Obviously, everybody agrees that Lemaisa, if you can go ahead and you can give him Tit Chulin, you certainly should do that. To which the Gemara says, Lot Sricha B'Shabbos. Oh, what's the case over here, Rabbah The case over here is where this is occurring on Shabbos. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Lot Sricha B'Shabbos. Shafilu who Shabbos sha'asr lahafish truma umaiser yafrishuha velo yaachiluha tevolim. So both like what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that a Rabbah is coming along and saying is the following. So Rabbah comes along. Rabbah comes along after the opinion 
of of Ventema and the Tanakama. And Rabbah says like this. Rabbah essentially sides with the Tanakama, who says that you should go ahead and give the guy with Bulmus, you should go ahead and you should give him Tanakama. But Rabbah comes along and says, but what should you do? You should really try to separate out the Trumas and Maestros before you go ahead and give him to. Or in other words, Take tevel and untevel it, tithe it, and then give it to him. So the haloch is so. The, so that's that's what I was saying. Efshar b'chulin. If you can go ahead and remedy the tevel, certainly do that. To which the Gemara says, to which the, I'm sorry, hacham I ask, you know, what's excuse? I'm sorry, pshita. So the Gemara says that's obvious. Meaning, what, so meaning, Rabbi's statement makes a lot of sense. We'll say why tiltu midrabonanu. We'll say because what's the case? Why can't we separate out Shumos and Maizros on Shabbos? That is not an Isra Da'oraisa, it's an Isra Dirabanon. So, meaning, one can make the very logical argument is if all you have to give the guy is Tanel, and you have to give it to him because he has Bomos, and separating out, but he said consumption of Tanel is an Isra Da'oraisa. Separation of Shumos and Maizros is an Isra Dirabanon. So, doesn't it make sense to go ahead and separate out the Shumos and Maizros? And yes, violating the Rabbanon in order to save the individual from violating an Isidorais. Now, granted, Rabbi he's not really going to violate an Isidorais. So why? Why? Because he's in Sakhanas Nefashos. Because Bulmus is a life-threatening situation. So there's not really going to be an Isidorais. But still, meaning Rabbi is going to say, if you could remedy a potential Isidorais through taking of Truma Sainz, which is only Isidorabanon, do it. A consumption of Tevel. Can't eat tevel. So the says, Hachamayaskinon, what's the case over here? Hachamayaskinon, ba'atzitz she'ino nakuf. Oh, the case over here, I will say, is what? The case over here is dealing with a non-perforated flower pot. And I will say, what does that mean? That if you can imagine for a moment, the produce over here is not coming from that which is grown in the soil attached to the ground, but rather, again, it's potted produce. Potted produce. Look at Rashi. Ba'atzitz she'ino nakuf. Rashi says, the tevel shalom So the truth is, Sirbosa, what's interesting over here is the following. Halacha the only time that produce becomes that produce becomes subject to Trumosa is if it mamish grows in the ground. If you have a potted plant, it is subject to Trumosamaisos Midirabanon. So look at Rashi. The therefore again I'll say this untithed produce of stuff that grew in a pot, as a potted plant is only Tevel Midirabanon. So Rabbi seems to say the following. What's the case over here? The case over here is we are dealing with a potted plant, and the guy has bulmos. You have to feed him tevel. And what does Rabbi say? Separate out trumos and maestros from that tevel. Why? Because since the tevel is drabanon, since separating out trumos and maestros is drabanon, separate, meaning remedy the produce first mm-hmm. before you give it to the guy with bulmos, because if you don't, what could happen? People might see you going ahead and eating untithed produce, and they might assume that lemaisa, that's permitted. To which the Gemara says the following, Mar Savar Tevel Chamer. So again, it's going back now. Bentema said that Tevel is more Chamer. And therefore, again, in Bentema's model, you should sooner give him Truma. Umar Savar the Tanakama said, Truma Chamura. So the Gemara said, Lima Tanoihi. See that this is a machlokes Tanoim. This Sanya. Mi Shenoshcho Nachash. I will say somebody who was bitten by a snake. So what do we do? We call for him a doctor. means we call for him a doctor even if the doctor has to travel from far away. 
Right? So meaning even if the doctor himself, who may be Jewish, was going to go ahead and travel outside of his tchum, we still call for the doctor. Umekarin lois atarnagolas. We'll say this literally means we cut open the chicken. Now apparently one of the ways, look at Rashi, koron lois atarnagolas, loses alamaka shizoi rifua. So apparently the way that they would treat a snake bite is they would, they would cut open a chicken, they would place it on top of the bite. Okay, the goes is in lower secretion, and they would go ahead and literally uproot for him leeks, vegetables. Rashi says, Apparently, again, these are, these are all the different things. It sounds like they're making a pseudo over here. Right? They have a little chicken, a little salad. Right? So the idea over here is these are all parts. These, this is how they treated the snake bite. And we give him to eat. And I will say, obviously, part of this, actually, the creation apparently, seems to be in order to keep up his strength. So we do give him something to eat after these leeks in order to keep up his strength. And we do not have to tithe the leeks prior to giving it him. Divrei Rebbe. These are the words of Rebbe. These are the words of Rebbe. Rebbe Elozer, Rebbe Shimon Omer, lo yochal ad aser. Rebbe Elozer, Rebbe Shimon says, no, you should not give him to eat of the leeks until you tithe it. So the Gemara says, Neima, Rebbe Elozer, Rebbe Shimon, he, velo Rebbe. So apparently, Rebbe say you'd have to say that Rebbe Elozer, Rebbe Shimon accepts the view of Rabba that when possible, we should in fact take Trumas and Maisos from Tevel before giving it to the patient. And Rebbe does not subscribe to that view. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Afilu tema Rebbe. No, even Rebbe could agree. Why? Ad kan lo kam Rebbe hasam el le'inyan maiser yerek dirabonam. Rebosai, why did Rebbe say you don't have to tie the leeks, Rebosai? Because remember, a leek is a vegetable. And technically speaking, midda'araisa, vegetables are not subject to the laws of trumos and maestros. It's only midda'arabonam that vegetables are subject to the laws of trumos and maestros. So Rebbe says, in a case like that, in a case like that, it's only midda'arabonam, let it go. Forget about it. It's not important for now. Let the patient eat the produce, even though it's not tithe. Aval b'meisr dogon the tevel daraisu. But Rabbi would agree that in a case, let's say, where you were giving him of grain, and grain, of course, is subject to laws of tithing midda oraisa. Afilu Rebbe moda. Even Rebbe would agree that lamaisa again you would tithe it before giving it to him to eat. Di sharis absolutely. Rebbe moda. Di sharis lei ba'atzit she'inonakov. Here the Gemara uses this expression because if you allow him to go ahead and eat untithed produce from a non-perforated pot, he may come to go ahead and eat untithed produce from a perforated pot. In other words, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that the only reason why Rebbe doesn't require you to tithe the leeks prior to giving it to the patient is because lemaisa again, lemaisa again, the vegetables themselves are only subject midirabanon. And therefore, again, there's no need to engage in that extra step when dealing with a chola. However, were you to deal with produce that, in fact, is subject to trumos and maestros midiraisa, you would want to tithe that prior to going ahead and giving it to the patient, lest people become confused and think that these items are not subject to the laws of trumos and maestros. Tanrabanon. Misha Achsa Bulmus. So we'll say back, back to the Bulmus now. Somebody who was, somebody literally who was seized by Bulmus. So what do we do? also Dvash, the So we give him honey and any other sweet things. Apparently, Shad Dvash, the Meirin Ma'or of Sha'adam. Because Rabosai, honey and other sweet things help to restore the eyesight of the individual. Remember, we saw before that Rashi said one of the effects of bulmos is diminished eyesight. So apparently sweet things help to restore eyesight in general. The afa pishen raya and even though there's no explicit raya for this, 
Zeichel Adover. Both say Zeichel Adover means that there's a scriptural allusion, there's a hint to it. What's the hint? Because he quotes over here the Pasuk, Ru'una, Ru'una, See that my eyes have been illuminated, have been lit up, because I tasted a little bit of this. Honey. This is actually an interesting case. This is in here, you can see over it's quoted from Shmuel Aleph. This is by Yonasan, who was the who was the son of Shaul. They're out to war against the Plishtim. They're doing battle, and Shaul says, the enemy's on the run. Shaul says, no one eats anything. No one eats anything. We'll eat later. Right now, we need everybody to focus on battle. And Shaul actually said, whoever stops to eat something, will be put to death. So amazingly enough, who stops to eat something? His son, Yonason. Not in an act of disobedience. Yonason wasn't there. He didn't hear his father say this. So, they, so what happened? So he asked Yonason, what are you doing? Yonason said, I, was, I really felt faint. I really felt faint. And how did he feel faint? He knew because his eyesight was growing dim. So he said he took a little bit of honey. That's what he found. He found a hive. He took some honey. And he said, oh, now that I went ahead and I took this honey, so what happens? Ru'u ki My eyesight has been restored. So the Gemara says, oh, here's, a, here's an allusion to the idea that sweet things restore eyesight. To which the Gemara says, but one second, umay afa ra'ila dover. Now, what's interesting about say, the Gemara says, when introducing this Pasuk, va'afa ra'ila dover dover. Even though there's no explicit proof for this, there's, a, there's an allusion. Now, this is not an allusion. This seems to be a pretty, you know, this is a pretty afneraya. This is a pretty explicit proof to the fact that sweet things restore eyesight. To which the Gemara says, so what do you mean it's just a zeichel adover? To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. The hasam lav bulmos achze. Because here's the difference, Rabbi Osai. Yonasan was not seized by bulmos. That wasn't his problem. It wasn't bulmos that was his issue. He was faint. So meaning, you can't, the point the Gemara is making is you can't bring a riot from this pasuk that if you have bulmos, honey will help you with your bulmos. All the pasuk says is if you're ill, if you're faint, and your eyesight is being diminished, honey or sweet things will help restore that. Amra baye, lo shano ela when, when is this true that sweet things help someone who has bomos? That's only if you eat honey after already eating other things. Meaning apparently in Judaism we use food to combat all illness. Right? So the nice again, first you go ahead and you eat something regular, and then afterwards you have the sweet things. That was that's what helps bomos. But if you eat the sweet things prior to eating something regular, it doesn't work. Why? Because migra gara. Because they both say again, sweet things have a way of intensifying someone's appetite. Mm-hmm. because they said the pasuk says, ish mitzri basada. They both say this is by David Amelech. This is after the death. This is after the death of Shoal. and this they find they they don't know what happened to Shoal and his sons. This ish mitzri, this Egyptian, they find this Egyptian boy. He comes to report to David about what happened. So the Gemara says, vayimtu ish mitzri basada. They found an Egyptian boy. In the in the field, Vayichu also al David. They they brought him to David. Vayitnu lo lechem. They gave him bread. Vayochal. Vayochal. He ate. Vayashkiu. Mine. They gave him to drink water. Vayitnu lo plach tevela. They gave him a cake of pressed figs. Ushnei simukim and two clusters of grapes. Vayochal and he ate. Vateshev rucho elav. And his spirit returned to him. Kilo achal lechem lo shasaim shloshi yamim. 
because he had not eaten anything for three days and three nights. Now, what the Gemara is picking up over here is look at the order of the food, right? First, what's served? First is the bread and the water, and then only afterwards what? The sweet things are only offered afterwards, and even the sweet things are in progression. You have cake of pressed figs, but the sweetest things, of course, in this in this pasuk are what? Are the raisins, and the clusters of raisins are not given to him until the end. So from here, you see that the right way to consume sweet things is how? First, eat your regular meal, your regular food, and then afterwards the sweet items. Amr Av Nachman Amr Shmuel. Misha Achsa Bolmos, Ma'achilin Osa Al Yobidvash. Rav Nachman said the name of Shmuel, somebody who was seized by Bolmos, the best way to deal with it is to eat Al Yorabose is the tail. Rashi says, Tab, it's actually Rashi, this is now Rashi on the left hand column, first line, Al Basar Shamein Ma'od. Usually it refers to the tail of a goat, which apparently is very fatty meat. Tail meat is very fatty meat. So what do you do? If somebody gets bulmos, you feed him tail meat with honey. Tail meat with honey. Rafuna breed Rav Yoshua Amar. Af solas nekiyabidvash. Rafuna, the son of Yoshua says, you can even give him fine flour with honey. The idea is you're... You're not just giving him honey with alone. You're giving him honey with something else that sustains. Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, Even barley flour, with barley flour, which is considered to be exceptionally inferior, even barley flour is given together with honey. One time, I was seized by bomus. And what happened? Viratsti lemizraka shaltin. Abbas is very interesting. So Rabbi Yochanan says, one time I was overcome with bobos, and what did I do? I ran over to the eastern side of the fig tree and ate the figs from the tree. The figs are the figs are sweet. The kayamti batsmin Abbas say, look at Rashi. Why did he go lemizraka shaltin? Rashi says, shashemesh makesh sham minaboker ad chatzos. Because Abbas like, the eastern side of the tree has sunlight from the morning until noon. And amazingly enough, the constant sunlight, or at least the half of the sunlight, sweetens the fruit. Right, the intensity of the sunlight. So when he was, when he, when he had the bolmos, he ran over to the eastern side of the tree. Apparently, the, the fruit on the eastern side of the tree is sweetest. And he says, "What happens if he can't me and I and I upheld in myself the tenant of the tenant of Vachachma Techaya Baala?" I will say that wisdom, wisdom, literally will sustain he who owns it, or or will allow the one who the one who owns it, the one who has it, to live. Meaning that Baruch Hashem, I knew this piece of wisdom that the sun beats down on the eastern side of the tree for half the day, and the fruits on the eastern side of the tree are the sweetest, and I was able to save myself from the bolmos. Titani Rav Yosef, because Rav Yosef said, Harotze litom tam If somebody really wants to taste the choiciest, right, the choiciest of dates, the sweetest of the dates on the tree, Yifnet lemizracha. He goes to the eastern side of the tree, Shene emar, umimeget tvuos shemesh. Rabbi said, literally, umimeget tvuos shemesh, opposite him are the delicacies of the sun's fruits. So the one understands this to be a, a, an allusion, a, a hint to the fruit on the eastern side of the tree. Okay. Rav Yehuda Rav Yossi, Havu Ka'azli Ba'archar. Rav Yehuda Rav Yossi, I'll say, we're traveling on the road. And what happened? Achze Bomos Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda was seized by Bomos. So what did he do? Kapche Laroa. He grabbed the food of the shepherd. They were traveling with the shepherd. He grabbed the shepherd's, Rifta's literally his bread. He grabbed the shepherd's bread and consumed it. 
Omri Rabiosi. So we'll say, Rabiosi said, Tarvihuda, what did you do? Kapachta Saroa. You just stole the bread of the Ra. And Rabiosi, again, in, in Rabbi Huda's in Rabbi Huda's defense, Rabbi Huda will, will give him back the bread. But Lamais again, he was scared about the bulmus. Remember, bulmus can be could be fatal. So Rabiosi gives him Musar for stealing the bread of the bread of the shepherd. So what happened? Kimatu Lemasa, when they arrived in the city, again, I was say, Surah Behudan Rabiosi, Achze Bomos Rabiosi. Now, I was say, now Rabiosi got Bomos. What happened? Ahadru Balgivitsoi. So, I was say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Ahadru Balgivitsoi, it's the la- it's that last wide line on the top left hand column of Rashi. Ahadru Balgivitsagi, Savavu Bineair, the townspeople came out, Vikifu Leginin Shaldvash, Umasika. So I will say, when the townspeople heard that Rabiosi had bulmus, what did they do? They brought out trays of food and honey and cooked dishes and all kinds of things for Rabiosi. Rabiosi, you know, I might have taken the shepherd's bread. You took everyone's food. Now, obviously, Rabiosi is not taking anything. What Rabiosi was saying is, you've caused them. You've caused them ultimately to bring out all of their things for you. I'm sorry? What's the point of that? It's a story. It's a Bulma story. No, first of all, the point, no, the, the point, the, really the real point of the story is to show that when one is afflicted with Bulma, see, up until now we were saying that it's all about Dvash. Apparently it's not just about Dvash. When one is afflicted with Bulma, the most important thing apparently is to eat something immediately. It, I'm sorry? No, 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 I don't think it's saying that. Rabbi Yossi wasn't afflicted with Bumos until he came. What the Gemara is saying is Rabbi Huda had to take the bread from the shepherd because at that moment, and when the Bumos sets in, you have to eat something. I'm sorry? That, that was just the exchange. The Gemara often does this. When the, this is the way the story unfolded. So the Gemara is quoting part of the story. The Gemara quotes the story in its entirety. The soup, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda. Rabbi also remember, understand something. You, you know, we, we, when we think about halacha, we think about statements of fact. But remember again, I will say one thing we've seen. We've seen this a number of times, especially in the last couple of weeks. Is the way halacha was halacha was often gathered through anecdotal episodes, through these kinds of stories. So these stories are exceptionally important for us. They provide a little bit of relief, right? I'm saying they they, they give us like something interesting in the middle of a sugya. But mm-hmm. these stories are very important because it's from these stories. That you, how, how do you know? How do you know that Lamais again what to do with bulmus? Because you see, Rabbi Huda felt that he had to grab the he had to grab the bread mamish right then and there from the shepherd to feed the bomos. So the Gemara goes weiter. Vesu. Vesu. Rabmei Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yossi. Havik Ha'azli Ba'archa. Rabmei Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda was another interesting story. We're traveling on the road. What happened? So we'll say again. Remember, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Meir, Havadayik Bishman. I'll say, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, used to, used to be very careful when he was on the road and had to stay by someone. He was very careful he was very careful to look at the name of the Balabayas. And if somebody had a negative name, Rabbi Meir would not stay by that individual. Rashi says over here, He would look at the name of the Balabas. If the Balabas had a nice name, or Kior literally means a disgusting name. I mean, Rabbi Meir felt you could tell a lot about the identity of an individual with their name. With their name. So what happened? So Rabbi Yehud Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda didn't really pay attention to people's names. What happened? So they came to a particular place. So they needed a place to stay. Somebody invited them in to stay with them. They said to the Balabas, What is your name? He said to their name, My name is Kidor. Kidor, okay. Amr Shmamina Adam Rashuhu. 
Rabbi Meir said, Kidor, that's your name? Yarasha. Shene Emar, Kidor Tapucho Seimo. Kazabosa again, he quotes the Pasuk over here. He quotes the Pasuk over here from Devarim, right? From the Tokacha. Kidor Tapucho Seimo, because literally you are an upside down generation. So he understood that Kidor, Kidor is, right? Kidar is Kidar, a reference to a negative generation. So what happens? Kidar Rabbi Rabbi Again, what you're going to see over here, Rabbi Meir didn't say this to the Balabas. He didn't say this to Kidar, right? Well, he's saying this to himself. Your name is Kidar? Oh, I'm not. It's okay. Thank you, Rabbi Hospitality. No, thank you. So what happens? Kidar Rabbi Meir lo Again, all of them stayed by Kidar. But here's the difference. Often, when you stayed in an inn, you would deposit your money with the innkeeper. I guess maybe the innkeeper had a safe or had something where he put everything. So Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi gave the innkeeper their wallets. And what happened? Rabbi Meir did not give the innkeeper his wallet. Instead, what did he do? Azal so Meir went and he hid his wallet by the grave of Kidor's father. He hid it by the grave of Kidor's father. Okay, what happened? So that night, we'll say this was a Shabbos we're going to see in just a little bit. This was Friday night. So Kidor's father appears to him in a dream. And he says, my son, quick, come and take the money that is, ready, that is resting by the head of that man. That man is a reference to himself, to the dead father. So the dead father is appearing to his son in a dream and saying, quick, come and get the money. Rabbi Mary deposited money over here. Come and get the money. Okay, so apparently, neither the father nor the son were exceptionally righteous. So what happens? Amr Lahu, so the next morning, they're sitting down for breakfast. They're sitting down for breakfast after davening. It's tea room, tea room. Right, so what happens? They're sitting down for breakfast, and the innkeeper, the innkeeper innocently relays this dream to the three Rabbanim. So this is what I saw. And he proceeded to say, my father came to me in a dream and told me, come and retrieve the money from my grave. So they said to, they said to Kiddur, Friday night dreams, Shabbos night dreams have no meaning. Have no meaning. So, we'll say, so actually Rashi points out over here that it wasn't the rabbis, but instead it was Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir was the one who was saying to him, ah, that's meaningless. That's nothing. And I'll say, of course, Rabbi Meir is going to do everything to show him the dream is meaningless. Why? Because his money is there. Right? So, obviously, so whatever's going on over here, Rabbi Meir realizes, Mamish, this guy just had a dream that my money is at his father's grave. Which, so Rabbi Meir is trying to say, ah, don't pay attention to it. Narashkite. Also, Rabbi Meir, so I'll say, what happened? Rabbi Meir went to the grave of Kidra's father, and he pretty much stood watch there over his money for the rest of the day. And after Shabbos, Va'isei. After Shabbos, he went ahead and he brought the money back. He brought the money home. So Rabbi said, what happens? Now it's Sunday morning. They're ready to take leave. They said to Kidor, can you give us back our wallets? And what does Kidor say? And what does Kidor say? What wallets? What wallets are you referring to? Amr Luhu Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says to Rabbi Yossi, Amai lo daikisu bishma. Why were you not careful? I told you, right? Why were you not careful? The guy's name is Kidor for crying out loud. Right? What do you expect? Why, why were you not careful? 
So they said to Rabbi Meir, why didn't you warn us? See, remember again, Rabbi Meir never said anything to anyone. Rabbi Meir just said to himself, the guy's name is Kidar, Kidar Tapuchos Hema, bad idea. But he never said anything to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Hudas. And now, when they're not getting their money back, they, Rabbi Meir says, listen, why aren't you guys careful with analyzing the name of the Balabas? So they said to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, why didn't you warn us? Why did you tell us? Rabbi Meir is very interesting. Amr Lehu, Amar da Amri Anachashasha. Now, boss, here's what's interesting. Because Rabbi Meir says, listen, it wouldn't have been appropriate for me to say something because I don't know, I don't know necessarily, just because someone has a negative name, it doesn't mean that he's a Vada Rasha. It just means that there's a Chashash. So for me to have told you that Kidor is a no-good Nick, that would, wouldn't be right, because I don't know if it's true. Right? He says, essentially, my system is not foolproof. Right? It's just that often I could tell a lot about people from their names. So for me to tell you that he was a negative guy, that would have been wrong. It's just a Chashash. So I'll say, so now obviously Rabbi, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi are in trouble because they need to get back their wallets. So what do they do? So they say, So they say to him, you know what? If you don't mind, let, if you, you've been so nice and hospitable to us over Shabbos. Let's take you out for a drink. Literally, Rabbi say they took him to the store. The store means the tavern. They took him to the tavern. Let's have a little bit to drink. So we'll say, so they wanted, they, they were hoping that if they gave him a little, they plied him with a little bit of alcohol, perhaps they can get back their money. Chazu, Rabbi is very interesting. Chazu, talfachi asfame. They saw that he had lentils in his mustache. Rabbi say what that means is, they saw, Rabbi say what? They saw that he had lentils for lunch or some, some, some previous meal. So what did they do? So what did they do? So they left him in the tavern. They went back to Kidor's wife and they said, Listen, Mrs. Kidor, your husband said that you should return to us our wallets. And what's the proof? The proof, the proof that he told us this is he told us to tell you that he had lentils for lunch. Right? Because they saw on his mustache. So what happened? She believed them. They got back their wallets. She gave them back her wallets. When Kidor found out about this, he came home. He, he flew into a rage and he killed his wife. He killed his wife. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, This is when the, the Gemara says elsewhere, This is why the, the Gemara says elsewhere that because an individual was not careful with my Mishonim, means washing before you eat. Because a person was not careful with my Mishonim, he was fed Chazer. And because a person was not careful with my Machronim, he ended up killing someone. Now, what, what does this mean? The Rashi points out over here a story that's told elsewhere in the Gemara that look at Rashi. Rashi says, there was once a Jew who owned a tavern. So what happened? There was a Jew who owned a, who owned a tavern, and he had two menus. He had the Jewish menu and the non-Jewish menu. To the Jewish people, he fed he fed kosher meat, and to the non-Jewish people, he fed chazer. He fed non-kosher meat. What happened, Rashi says, So I'll say what happened. There was a Jew who walked into the tavern, and this Jew was not careful with Natila Sedaim. Therefore, what? When the innkeeper saw him, the innkeeper assumed, oh, he's not a Yid, he's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. And therefore, what did he give him? He gave him Chazer. 
he gave him chazer. Or next Rashi, my machronim hargoes hanefesh, zohi ishto shalzu sheilu nata my machronim derech hanot lemiadaim lekanech asfamam biadaim tovchos. For the higher edition of when you wash my machronim, so the minigas you wash your hands and. You run your you run your hand over your mustache and over and over the bottom part of your beard to remove any food residue. Kidor obviously was not careful with my machronim, and therefore what? And therefore the mice of the lentils were left in his beard. And because the lentils were there, they, they were able to deceive his wife. And because his wife was deceived, he flew into a rage and ultimately killed her. So just a very strong Gemara. So because, right, someone, someone wasn't careful with my Mishon, wasn't careful with washing. Well, it's just an amazing idea that, that's so interesting how, how, you know, what makes you you are the actions you engage in. That Lemaise, again, the innkeeper, didn't think the guy in the first case was Jewish because he didn't wash until his time. What does a Jew do? A Jew washes until his time. And if you don't wash, the people assume that you're not you're not Jewish. So he ended up eating chazer. My machronim. Ultimately, again, he flew into this rage and his wife was killed. The Gemara says, Libasov, Libasov, Havu Daiki Bishma. And I will say, from this point and on, from here on in, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi were careful with to analyze the names of their hosts. Of their hosts. The Gemara says, let's just end with this. The Gemara says, when they came to a house and the, 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 the host name was Bala, they would not enter into it. Why? This guy must be a Russia. Here the positive And they said this positive is from Yechezkel to the one who was worn out with adultery. Yechezkel is giving Moshe to the people and saying, you know why you're so tired? You're always so tired, you're so fatigued because you're always engaging in adultery. So they saw the guy's name was Bala, right? Which is the same word that Yechezkel used and they felt, you know what, this guy perhaps possesses some attributes of immorality and therefore Lemaisa would not stay in his home. All right, Yechezkel will stop over here for today. Yeah.